0: Good morning, welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be starting Parshas Mikates together. Parshas Miketz is a long Parsha consisting of 146 psukim, but our first Aliyah Rishon is going to be 14 psukim running from per- Perik Mem Aleph Posuk Aleph to Yudalad. The topic of our Aliyah is Pharaoh's dream, cows and sheaves. Let's take a look at a brief overview and then we'll jump into some basic points to ponder. So we hear that it's two years afterwards, this means to say two years from the imprisonment of Yosef. And um, Paro has a dream. In the dream he's standing by the river, the river obviously refers to, in Egypt, the Nile River. from the river, So seven very healthy cows are coming up, and they are which is generally understood to be, they're in the swampland. On the edge of the river and they are um, eating another seven cows come out but these are very um, weak very um, sickly looking cows and they stand next to the other cows on the banks of the river and they actually go on to consume the healthy looking cows um at this point in time um, um and pyro wakes up and then goes back to sleep and dreams a second dream in the second dream he sees seven very healthy looking ears of, um, of grain and there are another seven um, ears which are much more oppressed. They look like they're being consumed by um, drought or come up after them and they swallow the healthy ones. And uh, at this point in time, Pharaoh wakes up and it is a dream. So he's very concerned. In the morning, he's not feeling very happy with this whole experience. And he goes to all his um, astrologers and his, his sorcerers and he, and he tells them the dream. And nobody can make head or tails of it. Nobody can understand what is going on. The officer, the, the chief butler, turns to Pharaoh and he says, you know, Eschatoyani Maskirayom, my sins. I mentioned today that's become an idiom today. Whenever we say that you want to mention something negative about yourself, you say these words, quoting the Sarah Hamashkim. I'm mentioning my sins that a few years ago, Pharaoh got upset with his servants, and I was put into uh, prison with the uh, chief uh, baker. And, and, um, and we had these dreams, and uh, there was this Hebrew slave in the jail there, and you know, we, we had these dreams, and he explained what they were, and exactly as he said, happened, happened and so that's what happens pyro goes and sends for this hebrew slave and they bring him out they, they shave him they switch his clothes so he's now presentable in front of the king and he comes in front of pharaoh and that's really where the aliyah ends we're not going to hear yose's interpretation this aliyah that we'll hear in the next aliyah so a few basic points to ponder and that is, is one question just basically is what compelled the chief butler to bring up his sins again, meaning he's taking a risk at this point in time because, you know, how does he know that, that Yosef is going to strike gold twice? You know, how, how much does he believe? So obviously he has a strong sense that Yosef is right, but why would he do this? So if you actually look at the words he says, he says, Es chato'ai, my sins are mentioned today. What does it mean, sins? So the Mephoshim say, well, there were two sins. There was the sin that he would sinned to Pharaoh because he allowed a fly to fall into the drink of Pharaoh. But there's another sin, and that's the sin of not paying back the debt to Yosef, not mentioning Yosef's um, um, unjustified imprisonment. And that being, that was gnawing at his consciousness. So yes, Hashem did make him forget as the before Hashem explained, or perhaps he forgot deliberately. But either way, the point is that it's been gnawing at his consciousness and now he feels compelled to, this is the moment, that he needs to do this, even though perhaps it does make himself somewhat vulnerable. The Mephoshim do emphasize that he isn't um, a, such an altruistic fellow in the end of the day because he also does d- describe Yosef in terms of um, negativity, a slave, a Hebrew, because he doesn't want, even if this does work out and Pharaoh has his dream result, he doesn't want Yosef to go too up, too high up the ladder. Now, the main question that is in our Aliyah is, why is it that these folks just could not, his astrologers and sorcerers, they couldn't guess that this was, you know, uh, talking about seven years of famine and seven years of plenty, as Yosef was about to interpret, they had, they, they, there, was, there was no way they could get there, they just couldn't make that jump even logically, forgetting being a sorcerer. So the Rebbe Nebuchadnezzar says, well, actually they could, and they, they were able to, but Hashem actually hear that from them, so yes. We're going to go through a few ideas right now, but even if any of the ideas are not compelling um, enough, the Rabbeinu B'chaye says they could have, should have, perhaps would have, but they didn't because Hashem withheld it from them, because Hashem had a, ma- a grand plan unfolding. He wanted Yosef to be the interpreter, and therefore he made it impossible for other people to get interpretations. It's important to remember this Rabbeinu B'chaye as we look at other interpretations. Let's go back to the the the, the, the Mepharshim. We do give suggested solutions as to why they missed the point. Rashi says that they did have solutions, but the solutions are not ones that match what Pharaoh knew was the truth. So, for instance, one example they said, quoting the Midrash Rabbah, um, Rashi says that they said you're going to give birth to seven daughters, and then seven daughters you'll bury, Um, God forbid. Then uh, another said you'll conquer seven cities, and then seven cities will rebel against you. So these are all possible solutions, but they didn't match. Then the idea behind not matching is that Pharaoh was actually sleeping and he remembered that uh, he, he remembered he was also got the interpretation of the dream, so he knew what it was, but he forgot what it was. So he kind of knew what he was looking for, but he didn't know exactly what it was. Other possibilities are, the Cleaker says, that they couldn't explain the repetition of the dream. So they could explain perhaps one iteration of it, but why was it being a, a bedou- doubled up? Another odd possibility is. Is that he actually hid details from them. We see this later on in Sefer Daniel when Vukhan Netzar has a dream and he, he he calls in all his astrologers and he says, I had a dream. You're gonna interpret it for me. And I said, Well, what's the dream? He said, No, no, you're gonna tell me the dream and the interpretation because he wanted to see if they were if if all the money he was paying them to upkeep him and have his astrologers if they were the real deal or not. Nobody could so he decided to kill all of them. That's when Daniel stepped in and he actually told him the dream and the interpretation. So Far- Pyro actually does tell the dream but says it suggests the Kleyakar maybe he only told them partial parts of the dream, not the whole dream. Left leaving out details, therefore also testing to see if they would miss, get those missing details. Only Yosef was able to. Another possibility. The Malim suggests on a different note that perhaps his inter the the, the fallacy in their interpretations were they were all personal. They were all about Pharaoh and his personal love and his personal grandeur rather than the national or universal level, which he knew that this dream had ramifications for. This was a bigger than himself experience. Um, the Ha'amek Dara takes a different tact where he says that they couldn't imagine that Pharaoh would be affected by famine. It was not possible that the greatest ruler of the largest empire in the world could possibly be subject to the idea of a famine. So because they couldn't believe that, they couldn't envision such a thing, they couldn't even interpret in such a way because it was too too grand an idea, too vast an idea. I like to to pick up with one last perspective, and that is the idea that Rabbi Foreman suggests, which I think is a tremendously fascinating idea. And that is is that if you actually look at the the topic in our Aliyah, you'll see that there are many parallels to the beginning of Pasha's Vayeshev as well. After all, when Yosef is pulled out of the jail, the word that the Parashat uses for jail in Aliyah is Vayeri Minhabor. Min Habor, they pulled him out of the pit. Hmm. Yosef actually has encountered a pit in his life beforehand, and that was when his brothers threw him into. The pit which is fascinating and th- in there his clothes were taken off before he was thrown in the pit here as he comes out of the pit he is given new clothes by by by, by pyro in fact it seems that the pattern is a b b a right it's a it's a it's a chiasm in ideas right so being get, um taking clothes off Thrown to Pit. Now out of Pit, clothes given back. But the person giving the clothes now is not his father, but Pharaoh, And Pharaoh in a certain sense, takes that role of a parent figure in a large degree. He becomes the one to marry him off, give him a new name, give him, give him his house, give him his chariot. He really is a father figure. What is interesting is, is here, um, in this uh, in this case over here, it's actually the opposite. Here Yosef says, Paro says the father has the father figure as the dream. He also interprets it. There, in the beginning of Ayeshev, it's khalom khalom, when he tells it about his father. So it is interesting. There it's the son figure um, talking about the father figures and in the dream. And here it's the father figure and the son figures interpreting the dream. So what does it all mean? How does this all connect together? So our foreman makes the following further observation. If you look at the description of the different cows, there's the ones which are your face tire. They're beautiful of description. Wait a second. There are only two people who are described as your To'ar. And one of them is, um, a- a- and one of those people is, in fact, Rachel. We'll come back to that I- I- in a second. Um, w- now, more, more than that, it seems that where they- are these cows. They're Ba'ahu. Be- They're in a, what Rashi says, Ba'ahu is a hapax lagamanon, which means it ser- only se appears one time in Nach. So Rashi says it means a swamp. Unger says actually Ba'ahu comes to the word Ba'achiv, it's brothers, meaning they were, they were grazing with their brothers with their other cows. So if we're if we're if we're thinking about this, they are grazing with their brothers. But let's think about this. It could actually mean this is it takes us back to the beginning of Pasha's where it describes how Yosef was Roy Essechov Batson. He was so to speak shepherding his brothers. It's almost like this is a vision of the To'ar, the beautiful cows, so to speak, which is the, referring to the Rachel cows, the ones that the description of Rachel Yosef is described as well in the same terms. Um, shepherding the, the, the other cows, well, so that's interesting, the brother cows. Well, are there, is there an indication that other cows have anything to do with Leah? So the answer is yes. Actually, the word to describe them is rakois basar. They are weak of flesh. It's interesting that the, the, although it's not spelled exactly the same way, it's the same description as the Enei Leah rakois. The eyes of Leah were rakois as well. It's a homonym so that it's the same sounding word. It's almost as if the Rachel cows and the Leah cows are, are next to each other. One is shepherding the other, the brother cows. But in the end, the Leah cows consume the Rachel cows. And if Yosef's is thinking about this, what does that mean? It's almost like a reflection of his own life. It's the, the Leah cows, the weaker cows consumed the Rachel cows, the Euphay Torah. That's him. That's himself. He was sold down the river by the, 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 the Leah cows. So that's. That, that is uh, that 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 is a very fascinating possibility. But the question is, the problem with this theory is, so why seven? The number's wrong. It should be six Leah cows and two Rachel cows if it's supposed to reflect his own life. Uh, moreover, why would the Paro be dream, uh, dreaming about anything to do with Yosef's life as well? So uh, our foreman had this theory, and he didn't really know how to deal with this the, this 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 question. And one day he was on the Amtrak train. I just want to follow this through. Is uh, the, and he was. Uh, and his Tanakh, you're studying this issue, and his Tanakh fell, fell out of the of the overhead compartment. It opened up to the beginning um, of actually not Vayeshev, but earlier on VaYitzeh, and there there was a very important pasuk which goes back to this whole description, which reflects the cows. Those are the two descriptions: the the, uh, the layer and the Rachel, the Rakos, and the Afetoi, which is the same descriptions here of the cows on both sides. The next pasuk is. The next pasuk is ya- Yaakov offers to work seven years, from for for uh, for uh, um, the Ra- Rachel the daughter, which is which is fascinating, because here we go. What was the fallacy? Why could the, these astrologers not interpret um, Paro's dream properly? Well, if you look at all the things they interpret it to be, whether it be daughters or cities or whatever it is that they're, they're doing, they are looking at things and interpreting them as metaphors for other things. So you have cows and grain. So those are nouns, those are items, those are tangible items. So maybe those tangible items means other tangible items. So that's how they're interpreting it. The jump, the quantum leap that Yosef has to make is to realize that the dream, the cows and the grain, are not referring to things, they're referring to time. but. That is a quantum leap. Why would you imagine it's dealing with time? Why would the things be time? The answer is is because Yosef now understands that the only reason he can interpret the dreams is because it's a reflection of his own lives of his own life. And the interpretation to the dream lies in his very own life. So it can't be that the cows are things because there's six Leah brothers and there are two Rachel brothers. And therefore everything else matches up except for the fact that there's seven and seven. What's the only seven and seven which relates? Is the seven years that Yaakov worked first for Rachel and the seven years he worked later for Leah. Which meant the interpretation of Pyro's dream was embedded in the experience of Yosef's life. Yosef never received prophecy. Yosef wasn't a prophet receiving the word of Akash Baruch. Hu. He was a person who had to look into his own life and understand that Akash Baruch Hu was leading him to the conclusion that was necessary. This was the this was the, so to speak, all the machination of this experience coming together to produce this incredible moment of interpretation where the answer was actually embedded in the very algorithm of his own life. And that was why the other the other astrologers were not able to access it. With us, we close the first alia, and we'll deal with some of the major questions and implications of Yosef's interpretations in the next alia. In the meantime, have a wonderful, meaningful.